Yo, what's going on everyone? It's Brian and Jim with Drink a Beer and Play a Game. And sorry for the late start. If you're watching this on YouTube, you're probably not seeing this part. But uh, welcome to another edition of the Power Hour. And as always, we're going to just get it started right away with uh, what are we drinking tonight. So Jim, you're up first. All right, I am drinking the Goose Island Bourbon County Brandy Barley Wine Ale. Damn, you're going fancy tonight. That's goddamn right I am. So fancy this thing doesn't even have a friggin' label on it for the most part. So it is a beefy 13.6% alcohol by volume. Uh, yeah, the label I have has a bunch of warnings on it, so that's a good sign. I don't see any ingredients. Oh, wait. Oh, charcoal. Hints of tobacco and vanilla with signature bourbon character. All right. So this will be interesting. So, yeah, that's it's the, uh, definitely... The 2016 is... version. Much better than what I'm doing tonight. Uh, finally, for the first time, and I don't know how long since I have a fridge full of so much variety of beer. I'm keeping it pretty simple with the Sam Adams Fresh as Hells. It's one of their new releases. I got it in a variety pack, and as you can see, I have my second bottle here, which is their Hopscape. So I'm just planning on at least downing these two beers. The first one, uh, Fresh as Hells, it's 5.4%. It's a Hells Lager with Orange Blossom. So it's going to have a lot of good citrus. It's going to go down real smooth. And I'm going to wash all that down with their wheat ale brewed with West Coast hops. So it's going to be your typical, almost like an IPA, but not fully. And that comes in at 5.5%. Oh, I am going to be in trouble with this one. Jim I, is going I to be smelled sloppy. it as I, as I like uncorked the uh, cap. I started to smell it right away. This is dark. Jim, will Not the viewers finally up. get to see the good old lazy eye? I don't know what the way my mic's set up, maybe, but <laughs> we'll see. All right. Well, let's just start jumping into it. If you are watching us on Twitch, once again, thank you. And, uh, Jim, you are in charge of letting us know, because I don't want to keep looking down my phone, what topics we're blasting through tonight. All right. Included in tonight's Power Hour podcast, we have, as my goddamn phone loads, Topics such as certain things to pass you by as a kid, things to piss you off today in modern gaming, a couple topical things like a certain show that's coming to Netflix that we're excited about. Hey, Jim, on we just go one topic at a time. We don't need to give a summary. We don't need to give a little overview for the people? <laughs> no. Give my idea what's going on? God damn it. All right, I'll, I'll, I'll just go fuck myself then. All right, so today's first that topic you by, is... Was that vagina? Oh! <laughs> oh ha, 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 ha. Yeah. <laughs> I, I want to argue that more than I can, but let's just say I didn't have the greatest skills for a long time. But yes, genres that passed you by as a kid. So, you're still giggling about that, aren't you? Tee! Don't you fucking tee me, you son of a bitch. But yeah, so basically what I mean by that is, you know, when you're growing up, you kind of gravitate certainly to one type of game over another for the most part. And what I want to know is what seemed to pass you by? What did you just never get around to playing for some reason or another? And I'm not so much saying games or titles, but even just mainly genres and entire subtypes, because that seemed to happen for me. Okay. Uh, this one's actually pretty easy for me, considering I had an actual really diverse library of games. Since my brother covered all the sports games, I tended to be action games. I think everyone played platformers and excuse me, some type of shooter or beat-em-ups. So the only genre I never really touched as a kid and not until my teens was RPGs. And that covers basically every type of RPG. Um, I, I tried to pick up a few games when I was a kid. Couldn't get into it. I didn't have the attention span. I didn't appreciate the value of really kind of grinding out a character, earning XP, and just developing that character. I like to ten I, I tend to like a lot more fast paced phonetic games. Like I said, I stuck to a lot more beat 'em ups, racing games, shooters, you name it, I played probably everything else but RPGs. Um the only other gaming genre I really didn't have that much experience with would have really had to have been maze-style games. And if you guys watch our reviews, you know I have a lot of hate for maze games cuz other than Tetris on my Game Boy, which, uh, if you want to call that a maze or puzzle game, maybe I'm not saying the right word. But just Puzzle's probably of, better. Yeah, so, like, puzzle games, I never... Tetris was really the only puzzle game I've ever played. And other than that, 
I never saw the need for it in a video game form, so that's why when we do these reviews, once again, I don't see the value or fun in them. But those are really the two genres, and I kind of regret not getting into RPGs because I enjoy them so much now. But I guess it's probably saved me a lot of time in my life, even though I dedicated so much time to video games. If I had gotten into RPGs, it probably would have just been worse. So that's definitely it for me. Yeah, I'm actually right there with you when it comes to RPGs because, yeah, that is definitely a genre that passed me by. And I guess growing up with a Sega Genesis and then an N64, neither of those consoles are really known for their RPGs. So I basically missed, besides fucking Shadowrun, which I've already talked about before, but besides that, I didn't play any RPGs really, shit, even through the PS2 era. Not, I mean, probably Fallout 3 was my gateway drug, and then I finally started getting into them after that. So, yeah, I was definitely a late bloomer to the genre. But, I mean, yeah, the Genesis mainly has fucking the Shining Force series and a couple other ones besides Shadowrun, but not a lot. Fantasy Star, obviously. And the N64 had Quest 64. And, <laughs> uh, Quest 64. And, all right, it had Ogre Battle, too. But besides that, that was fucking it for that console. So, so yeah, not a big surprise there. And, like, Final Fantasies, those would have been games I thought you would have been all over as a kid. I didn't have a way to play them. Oh, yeah, you never did have a Nintendo. I forgot that. Yeah, and actually, my exposure to Final Fantasy was watching my best friend play them, and I would actually get bored because I'd want to, like, go out and do stuff, and he would just sit there and play 7 for hours on end. So I actually had a little bit of a grudge, too, for against uh, RPGs for a while. But, nah, I eventually bit the bullet, and, I mean, I obviously love them now. Even though I don't have the time for them that much. Hmm. Yeah. And if and sorry, Jim, but I do have to say, uh, Jim and me are pretty much clones when it comes to our exposure. Fallout Three was my first RPG. Uh, I did play Skyrim a little, not Skyrim, um, uh, not Morrowind when it, that came out. But even on the when first that Xbox. Out, yeah, but even when that came out, I didn't appreciate. It. I was just like the hell do you gotta do and i kept trying to steal shit from people and kept dying so i didn't get that concept and obviously elder scrolls are one of my favorite series nowadays but yeah it wasn't until fallout 3 where i was like oh now this is a pretty goddamn cool concept and now you know me and jim are like the biggest bethesda fanboys so yeah i just wanted to mimic that real quick yeah and i guess if i had to say another genre just uh keep it going i would say actually shooters like the vertical and horizontal bullet hell kind of shmup kind of games so you know take your pick spaceship or you know whatever the fuck but i just for some reason or another never got around to them again the n64 didn't really have a lot of them but the genesis had a shitload and for some reason or another i just never got around to them well what would you consider zombies ate my neighbors um that's like a top-down it's a shooter, but it's like a top-down running gun. I'm talking more about, like, I guess the bullet hell kind of side-scrolling shooters more than anything. Gotcha. Yeah. So games kind of like, I mean, to use more popular things like the R-types and the Gradiuses of the world. Or, mm-hmm. um, like, nowadays I'm getting into them on the Genesis, so I'm getting, like, a backlog of, say, the Thunder Force games or Musha, shit like that. But, yeah, I think probably the first one that I really owned and played was... Death Smiles on the 360, and that was fucking 09, 2010, something like that. So, I mean, I suck like crazy at the genres, but uh, they're fun, even though I suck something awful at them. But yeah, for some reason or another, I just never got around to them either. And I think one interesting fact for me and Jim, and we've mentioned on a previous podcast, I'm pretty sure, not Power Hour, but one game we both really didn't play much as a kid was Legend of Zelda any of them to be honest and i played ocarina in time i don't consider you a kid at that point what i was like 12 yeah you're a man at that point well maybe not you but (laughs) (laughs) uh you're on fire tonight aren't you you son of a bitch (laughs) um but no i mean legend of zelda like that was one i i i know a lot of people and mostly i'm in a very small minority 
I think that has a lot of RPG elements in it, and for being such a longer action-style game, um, you know, that was one that kind of, uh, when I first tried it a couple times, I didn't get into it, and I wasn't subscribed to Nintendo Power, so there was a lot of points when I got lost, and I was like, I don't know what the fuck I have to do here, and I was like, yeah, let me just play, like, Contra. So... But that is one, obviously, Jim and I, we got exposed to later, and we're like, oh, okay, no, this is obviously a great game, and for a great reason, but it's not really a genre, but it is a series of games that we just didn't play that much until, like Jim said, he played Ocarina of Time. Yeah, so I played Ocarina of Majora, and then I didn't really play a Zelda game until I would go back and play the originals. Yep. So, yeah, so on the flip side of that... Actually, I have a little addendum to that. On the flip side, what kind of genres do you think nowadays kind of you stray away from, even though you probably played them a lot as a kid? Because I'll tell you right now, like racing games, I almost never play them anymore. And when I was a kid, I played them all the fucking time. And I don't really know what it is, but for some reason or another, I just never feel... I don't know if it's the need or even the want to really go out and get new ones or to play through them. I don't know. It's kind of weird. Jim, would you say you lost the need for speed? <laughs> Jim, did you see what I did there? No, I will I not. Refer- I, I will not acknowledge. Game. Uh, yes, thank you. Um, son of a bitch. Yeah, racing is definitely up there. I I was the biggest Gran Turismo fan. I might pop it on once in a while, um, but in general, yeah, I don't really touch those games anymore. Um, I tend not to. I think racing has to. No, that pretty much has to be my answer. I, w- I want to say fighting games, although every time a new Mortal Kombat comes out, I'm playing that right away. Although I'm never playing it competitively unless I'm just playing with like Jim or one of my friends, like one on one. Like I won't do the online shit. So really, just my fighting games, which used to be more varied, are now just Mortal Kombat wins. No. Um. I think most of my time now is either spent on more epic, what I would consider epic, larger scale games and RPGs to, you know, obviously we play the Call of Duties and a lot of first person shooters or games like Left 4 Dead with our buddies. It's just a means of passing time. So, yeah, those genres that might take you a lot of time, like the racings, like, you know, some of the other ones we mentioned, I just don't got time for those and... I don't miss it because I did try and play Gran Turismo again and couldn't get into it like I used to. I guess the same could be said for wrestling games since I hate all the new ones, but even Jim and I are willing to go back and play some of the older ones because they still hold up today. But, yeah, that's uh, that's another interesting one. Yeah, so I figured it's something that a lot of people could probably talk about and you guys out there... In the comments below, if you're watching this on YouTube, let us know what genres either missed you or you don't even touch anymore. Because I think it kind of happens to all of us. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, yeah, feel free. I mean, elaborate. Like, a lot of you guys like to elaborate, and we love reading with you guys. And if you want to have us follow up on this topic, just let us know. Yeah, definitely. All right, next topic. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. All right, what things in modern gaming really piss you off? Huh. It can be a pra- I It's kind of broad. I'll, I'll admit it. No, broad, no, no. A general. I have so many. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I know. It's kind of hard to choose from, ain't it? If you want while you're thinking, I'll do mine real quick. Sure. And for some reason, when I was putting this together for this idea, I was on a real Nintendo kick. So... First thing I'm going to say is Nintendo's Virtual Console, something that, as we've recently learned as of this recording, which is the 23rd of February, there won't be a Virtual Console on the Switch at release. So, holy shit, if you're not telling me this ain't a rush job to get this console out there, nothing does. But even before then, Nintendo's Virtual Console was basically a joke. Uh, The one on the Wii was actually awesome. Had a great library. The emulation quality was pretty goddamn good. And it had a virtual console on the 3DS, which was all right. But there's a problem. It doesn't transfer. You buy a game on one console, it doesn't transfer to another one because Nintendo never had a proper online identity component, basically, you could hmm. say. You know, the easiest kind of thing to say, 
PlayStation or Xbox has had for over 10 years now. And guess what? The Wii U had to buy all your games you wanted again. And the Wii U actually had really terrible emulation, so of all their consoles, their virtual console was the least worth it. Now, I'm kind of hoping that maybe since the Switch is going to have that online component, when they eventually get a virtual console, maybe there's a way to import old games from one of the consoles, or at the very least be a way of future-proofing, but if I was a Nintendo fanboy who bought all their consoles, I would be pissed about that. Yeah, that sucks. I did. I, w- I was not aware of that, and I think that's probably, if that's not the biggest reason, to get yourself a Raspberry Pi or something that can emulate all those old great systems and great games. I don't know what is, but that sucks. I guess or they if just you really be that- want to w- wait for a goddamn classic edition to come out to play the few games that you can on that yeah but luckily people found a way to jailbreak it so you can put any rom you want on it and yeah but i heard it's a pain in the dick like with the actual process really i heard it wasn't too too bad but maybe people who are committed to doing that know how to do it anyway so i don't know yeah i haven't tried it i don't have that console yeah, I thought basically what I heard is one by one you got like you can't do a drop and load. You gotta go one by one, upload the art separately, the game, and I mean it helps with the GUI so that it looks a little better. And I think you can only right. do up to a certain number. And yeah, if you really like that little console and you want to do put in the work, I guess it's worth your time. Or just get a Raspberry Pi. Either way, yeah. And my fucking foot is falling asleep right now. Oh, that's uncomfortable. <laughs> Stop sitting like an engine. I wasn't doing it then. Either that, I'm just <laughs> developing diabetes right now, drinking this beer. You got the sugar foot. I got that sugar. <laughs> so. Also, okay. one more keeping with that Nintendo kick. Here's another oh, thing that chaps my ass. They never drop the fucking prices on their games. Why the hell on the Wii U, a, let's face it, a failed console... Or games from 2012, 2013, still in the forty to fifty dollar range. That is ridiculous. Do you mean like on their actual virtual console or still in stores? No, I mean like the new releases for the console. Oh, okay, I got you. So launch games like Bayonetta two are still pretty goddamn expensive. When a launch game for any other console at this point would be, I don't know what, fifteen bucks tops new, shit like that. But no, Nintendo just fi- seems to find a way to milk the shit out of their dedicated fan base. Even a game that isn't even highly regarded and didn't sell well, like Star Fox Zero, you're lucky to find it new for 30 bucks at this point. Which, like, come on, Nintendo. Throw your fucking people a bone. Maybe you'll sell some more games if you actually drop the prices every once in a while. But, Jim, they live and, and die by those first-person titles. Oh, don't I know it. You, there's still Wii games being sold in Walmart for, like, 30 bucks. Games that are... Yeah, games that are at least eight years old. Like Super Mario Galaxy 2. You'll still find it for like at least 20 bucks new at a fucking Walmart. Like, get the fuck out of here. Go to a Goodwill, find a lucky day, and get it for 10 bucks. Or even less. Five bucks if you're lucky. Or don't get it at all. <laughs> eh, Mario Galaxy's a good game. <laughs> or don't get it at all. <laughs> Alright, do you got anything <laughs> else that pisses you off? Nah, I was just kind of pissed off at Nintendo when I was writing these topics down. So, yeah, that's all I got. All right. Well, uh, I'll try and keep it short. Two specific come to my mind. The first, and it's nothing new, and I'm not trying to be original, but the DLC, like the basically no new games come out without some form of DLC. And especially. Like a certain new Nintendo game? (laughs) Sure, Jim. If you want to bring it back, bring it back. Um, but yeah, like day one DLC that they know they have available that they easily could have put on the disc. That's, I've heard the reasoning behind it and they're trying to make their money back. Yeah, yeah, like, I just don't buy all that. Whenever we do reviews of like old, you know, I always go to it, like the PS2 games, majority of those games have so much replayability because all the stupid shit you pay for now, like skins or all the little things gamers appreciate, now you gotta pay a dollar or more. It just, 
it's a money grab. It's something that pisses me off. And like I said, I know it's not original. Everyone bitches about it. I know it's not going anywhere. It's just something I don't like. And unless I really, really love the game and it's something I know is going to add significant amount of hours to my gameplay experience and not just aesthetics, there's no way in hell I'm paying for it. So that's probably my number one. My number two would have to be... Uh, it's another more new game thing, but if you have a PS4 or an Xbox One, you can't play a game until you download it to the system. And unless you buy the system or buy an expandable, you know, memory, you can fill up your hard drive really fast. And I hate the fact that, you know, you used to be able to get a game, come home, play it right away. Now you get a game, come home, and you wait, you know an hour or however long it takes, sometimes longer, depending on the size of the game, to play because it's got to install to your system. It's That really defeats the purpose for me of why I even would want to keep buying CDs if I can just download it electronically and save myself the hassle of going to the store. Um, you know, Other than if you have a sick need like Jim to have a physical copy of things and have a collection, there's not <laughs> yep. really any benefit to having it anymore, to be honest. Unless, of course... You know, you, you more companies start taking the licenses off their servers and, you know, they lose licenses and you no longer have the game, which has only happened to a select few games, but I can understand that concern. Just one of those things that are just really annoying. Um, and I guess kind of keeping with the new game theme, the last thing I'll really mention is it kind of goes back to DLC. It's really a lack of core replayability with a lot of new titles. Um, and what I mean by that is a lot of games nowadays, I feel like because they don't have the unlockables, because really the most replayability you're going to get is from a harder difficulty. I just, I just feel like games in the past, you did have more replayability. I mean, you had the first being Nintendo, Sega, and Super NES where those generations, you might not have had a ton of it unless you have multiplayer options, but those games were balls hard. And then you had the systems, what I like to call, in between all your PlayStations, your N64s. I just felt like you just always had more options and more cool little things to find. That's not saying all games, but I just feel like the majority of new games I buy now, I beat, and I'm like, oh, unless I want to do an achievement or a challenge, there's not much more to unlock. So... Yeah, those yeah are you know what? Eight. I can kind of see it there. Yeah. Because a lot so, of I mean, the, the, That's kind of why... Oh, sorry for one second. That's kind of why I don't really buy that many new games at this point, because... I mean, maybe I'm, I'm too much on a retro kick right now anyway, but when I play a new game, I'll... I can't tell you the last time I played through, like, a newish game more than maybe twice. It's been ages. Yeah. And... I mean, I used to be a big, what do you call it? I had a big kick of going for achievements, but once that kind of died out, I really barely, I'm like, ah, played the game, beat the game. All right, I'm good. Yeah. Unless it's specifically designed to have like a multiplayer component where I'll just go on and turn my brain off and play for a little while. Yeah, but even consider a game as good as Doom was, and you played through that, you love the shell that, but honestly, you probably haven't picked it up since we played it last. No, I haven't. And it's... It's not that it's bad, and it even has a multiplayer, but, like, will you play through that single player? Maybe to challenge yourself, but, like, other than even getting the little collectibles, like, do they give you enough reason to come back and want to play that awesome game again? I actually do want to go back and play through it again, not only because it's fun, but I want to go back and find and unlock all the classic Doom levels and play through them with the modern controls. So that's something I would want to do there. Luckily, Doom had a lot of content to it. It's just finding the time to to go back to something i've already beaten which is also a problem i guess which comes with maybe running a site like we do but i don't know if maybe if i was more of a casual gamer at this point if i'd be going more back to games and doing shit like that too i don't know i gotcha and actually a good example of a of a game that did offer something when i beat it and in terms of replayability uh, if you guys have been watching me play through Resident Evil 7, then you know when I beat that game, they gave me that crazy gun like all Resident Evils do. Plus, if you find those certain collectibles, they give you enough power-ups that would be pretty insane to go back and play the game through um, and it on even harder. And that's the kind of just little touch that, other than just being difficult, I have a legitimate reason why I would go back and play that game. Other than the fact that, once again, I thought that game was awesome. 
But right. you know, more games, I think, need to do that versus just, okay, like, here's an experience and that's it. Like, a, a game I love but has no replayability in my eyes is either the two new Tomb Raiders. Love those games. When I played through them, they were great experiences. But even finding all the collectibles doesn't really do much except give Lara a new outfit. And that's not going to make me want to actually play through the game again, if that makes any sense. Yeah, definitely makes sense to me. I know that feeling all too well. All right. So what's next? Ah, fuck. All right, I'm having trouble opening this hyperlink that I put for myself, but there's a new show coming out on Netflix. And as of this recording, some people might have heard about it already, but Castlevania is getting a show, and it's coming to Netflix. Jim, I heard about that. I shared it. (laughs) Yes, you did, you son of a bitch. (laughs) But one of the creators of it says it's going to be R-rated as fuck. So. All right, good. You cringe, too. I I cringe at anyone who would use that term, not at what it represents. So, okay. Uh, Don't worry, guys. If that is captured in any way, that's adding to the ball tap meter, as you can see at the bottom. So now Jim is up to two or three, I believe. We'll have to double what? check. Ball that. tap meter? What the fuck is this? Oh, yeah. I started the last video. I told you, uh, every, for every burp you do on mic, it's get it's getting at it. God damn it. Well, looks like we can never do a drinking game again. You don't, you're not allowed in my house. <laughs> Jim, well, let me ask you this. the This Castlevania show, is it animated or live? Uh, hold on a second. It is making an animated series based on the vampire slaying video game franchise Castlevania by burying the title on a list of new shows to the streaming service going to air in 2017. Uh, not too many details about it, but the co-producer says, as I said, R-rated is Add another one right, to I'm the done. ball tap meter. All right, that one I kind of deserved. Uh, I'll take the lead on this since obviously I'm the bigger Castlevania fan. Um, I love the idea of doing a Castlevania show, but and you know what? No, I, I'm fine with it being, I don't know what R-rated as fuck means. If you're animated, no level of violence is going to be crazy. So all I can assume is that you're going to have a lot of sex, some cursing. Um, Cause once again, I've seen plenty of, I get maybe they were R-rated. I don't know how violent you're really going to make it because at the end of the day, he's killing vampires and monsters. So the violence meter, even if that was a live action thing, would be like not considered R for that. Um, I'm interested to see what they do. If they are going cartoonish, I'm actually sad they're not going live action. I know it would be a much bigger production and a lot of people might actually hate that. But um, I'm just more interested, which story are they going with? Are they going to have Alucard? Are they going to have the Belmonts? Are they going to you know, follow a certain game or are they going to cover everything? Uh, According to this, actually, I was going to answer that for you real quick. Um, It's going to be in the vein of Game of Thrones because, of course, it would be. And the series will most likely draw from the NES game Castlevania 3 Dracula's Curse. And this article, by the way, is off Inverse.com. So we're not just pulling it out of our ass here. Yeah, and it will be in the, if you're watching this on YouTube, it'll be in the description below. Uh... That's, I mean, saying it's Game of Thrones doesn't work if it's animated. That would only work if it's live. I mean, and I know what they mean. They can branch it out. Obviously, of the NES games, that is the best one, and that would introduce Alucard and allow you to maybe move on to Symphony of the Night and that storyline. So that's kind of cool, and I think uh, if it's rated R as fuck, then Sypha and... Shit, is it Trevor? can't remember or is it simon i can't remember which which uh belmont it is for that one but maybe they're gonna be banging in the show which if you really like watching anime people bang that's cool actually right speaking of anime you might be a little disappointed it's anime not really but it has an art style that will be inspired by akira ghost in a shell and young justice so yeah it's I gonna have some anime feelings there's going to be giant flashes. Yeah, there's because there's going to be giant over-the-top flashes with everything. 
I just that style just doesn't appeal to me, and I, I I respect that so many people love it, but it's just nah, that's not for me. Like the giant eyes, the goofiness. I just everyone looks like a five year old. I just nah, no thanks. The tentacle rape. I I don't even know what that refers to, but sure. Uh huh. Sure you don't. Jim, you're the anime weirdo. I uh, no no. <laughs> no, but hey. Uh, Hopefully, if they see that's really successful, then they would consider finally doing a Castlevania movie, which a lot of people want it. Um, so, cool they're doing it. I'm actually shocked Nintendo... Well, I guess it was Konami. But anything that was associated with Nintendo would allow a license to be rated R as fuck. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to assume Nintendo... Not that they lost their license to it, but I don't think they have really creative control of it, so... Yeah. That's probably why it happened. Okay. Now, what's your All take right. on it? Um, I'll watch it. I'll at least give it a couple episodes, and I'll see how it goes. I mean, like you said, I'm like being an anime style isn't going to turn me off to it, so I'll see if it's worth a watch. I'll, I don't know. It'll give me a reason to justify my eight bucks a month paying for Netflix instead of my wife just using it all the time. So why the hell not? And actually, that topic came to us from our friend Kate at Esper Dreams on Twitter. Hey, thank you, Kate. Good topic. Uh, actually, something I am shocked we didn't get to sooner. Yeah, same here. And yeah, here comes another one from Twitter from our Bucky Hibiki TMD. E3, probably one of the biggest trade shows for electronics in the world, for the first time is going to be open to the public. Jim, what's that? Uh... <laughs> You bitch. Yeah. <laughs> you, you fucking stonewalled me. God damn it. <laughs> Go but on. yeah, so basically E3 is going to be open to the public for the first time. Tickets are going to be on sale. They're going to be given about, uh, what I see, 15,000 passes at the low, low price of $250 per ticket. Ah! <laughs> but there's also going to be special ways where you can get them for 150 bucks per. But Brian, my question to you is... What are your thoughts? Does it interest you in any way at all? <laughs> no. Um, E3, when I watch the press conferences and you know all the releases and all the crazy shit, it's, it's, uh, it's cool. And it's something that if I got a free ticket to, I'd be interested in going to. Um, but I can wait a couple days to see what was released. And you know, from what I've seen, at least a little bit of knowledge I have for products I have seen, there's so many more people fucking up their intros of some of that tech that that's probably the best part of e3 sometimes because otherwise you're still gonna see it all it's just you gotta wait so now i would yeah. never ever pay 200 dollars for a goddamn ticket to that um and i think when now the one thing i didn't wasn't aware of so you're saying it's open to the public and i know before it was probably mostly like journalists magazine writers bloggers whatever um right but they never allowed just regular people from the public to come to those before? Well, last year they had a thing called E3 Live, which I think was like some kind of one-day event, which was free okay. to the public. But before then, it was mainly just insiders or special invitees, kind of thing like that. And I'm, I almost want to say earlier ones were only for the people presenting, and there wasn't even barely a crowd kind of deal. But I'm probably wrong. I don't really follow these E3 shows that much. I'll watch them now just to... You know, something to live tweet for topical shit on the Twitter and shit like that. But really, I don't care that much. Much like you. Yeah, I mean, that, I think it's cool to people that it matters to. And I think if you're a real tech geek and you've always wanted to go and you've just, you know, never had a chance. This could be like your Super Bowl and this could be the thing you really love and you really want to do. So I like the fact that they're opening something up to the public like that. I hadn't realized it wasn't available to the public, so it shows how little I do know about this. But yeah, it's it's a it's not it's not a bad idea. I think that much for tickets is fucking ridiculous because then you know scalpers will get their hands on it, and then you'll have to pay like oh, four hundred yeah. bucks. But yeah, no, that's uh, good for those people who are going to enjoy it. Yeah, I'm also kind of wondering if maybe like I think I'm just I don't think I'm pulling out my ass. Like I think a lot of these kind of shows in general have been. Not so much dying out, but interest has been waning a bit. So who knows? Maybe it's just a way to bring in more money for them. Because I mean, fifteen grand at two fifty a pop—that's a lot of moolah. Yeah, I'd say so. 
No, that's but, that's yeah. interesting. I mean, I guess now, um, you know, I don't know if you do follow the topic, but have you seen any people online, like, what their responses have been? Do people seem excited, or are most people kind of like us were like, who the fuck would pay for that? Uh, to be honest with you, I haven't seen too many people talking about it. Um, maybe the circle of people that I either life. follow on Twitter or look on or yeah, circle of fucking life, you son of a... <laughs> yes, my, cir- my circle of life doesn't revolve around stuff like that. That's Unfortunately, game. our buddy Starcast isn't on the stream tonight, but <laughs> he's big into going to these conventions, and I'm sure he would have something to say about that. So when you see this YouTube video, bud, let us know what you think about having this be open to the public. Okay. Cool. And yeah, so moving on, our next topic also comes from our buddy Hibiki. And this can be a quick one and kind of goes back to what we already talked about. Breath of the Wild being announced with day one DLC, season (laughs) passes, shit like that. Also goes back Uh, to your problem and my problem, which is Nintendo. So, Bri, what do you think about that? uh, I think that's a fucking scummy move for... uh, for considering how Nintendo has, I you know, shittily treated their fans for so long, and I'm glad I'm like you mentioned earlier, we're not hardcore Nintendo fanboys. Like, throw your goddamn customers a bone and a game that they've been waiting on, and you finally make a good launch title, and you're gonna, in my eyes, taint it with DLC. And I can only imagine the DLC is probably not good shit. It's probably goofy, like, have Link with a blue hat. Like, some stupid shit. So, Au contraire, Brian. It's actually one of the things that you can get is Link gets a Nintendo Switch shirt that he can wear in the game. Are you fucking uh, it, Uh-huh. That's one of them. Uh, it's oh all God. part of a package. Like, you get a hard mode, Link gets a Nintendo Switch shirt, <laughs> and I think there was some other second. little stuff. Did you yes. just say you get a hard mode? As in, like, you know, the typical thing when you choose an option for difficulty is not available with the fucking core game? Alright, you know what? I'm going to look this up right now. That would I wanna... be... Oh my god. Oh my god. That's fucking ridiculous. If that really is true. There's no excuse for that. I could accept if they said... It's all the different costumes, it's a weapon to start off with, if it's a extra level, fine. But hard mode? Get the fuck out of here. So Jim's what they're saying is, up. they're trying to explain it as, what do you call it, um, the difficulties of doing an open world game, which, I don't know, I'm pretty sure other companies have been doing for uh, decades now. Yeah. And let's see... Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Yeah, it locks out the game's hard difficulty setting. Um, Jesus Christ. Hey, come on. Uh, of course, the first one I touch on is the shit thing. Here we go. All right, from Forbes. Zelda Breath of the Wild will have a season pass, or expansion pass in Nintendo words, for $20. That includes two DLC packs. The first release comes this summer and includes... A Cave of Trials challenge, a new hard mode, and a mysterious new feature for the in-game map. That's so and this that... And the second one includes a new dungeon and new story content. And That's, that's fine. That's the only one I'm bucks. okay with. Yeah, and for 20 bucks, obviously rip off. But I'm okay with... That's the only one I was okay with. But this fucking hard mode... I don't care what they throw. I, I hate to always harp on it, but it's what's fresh in my head. Resident Evil. You can pick a normal and easy, and then when you beat the game, you get Madhouse, and it becomes harder. A million other games. Gears of War. You have to keep playing through to get the harder and harder difficulties, but they're on the friggin' disc. That is ridiculous. And any f- super hardcore Nintendo fanboy, I won't call out certain YouTubers, but Jim, we know you know who I'm thinking of. I can't wait to see... How someone would justify that or says that that's not a bad idea or that's actually useful or some shit because, like I said, everything else, fine. Give them new levels, give them a stupid Switch shirt, but fuck, man. Putting on a hard level on DLC, that's a new low. So, another reason why I will not be purchasing the Switch now. And, um, alright, yeah, (laughs) so, I guess we know what Brian thinks of this, and... 
to be honest with you, I don't have a problem in general with Nintendo putting in a season pass for an open world game or putting in DLC for a giant open world game. Yes, add it to the list. Yep. (laughs) My problem is, like you said, how they're handling it. Let's go back to the last generation with Mario Kart 8, which had basically fantastic DLC. It was like 10 bucks. You got a couple new courses, a bunch of new racers, shit like that. Like legitimate content to add to your game. Doing this, like, I know it's their first time really doing a true open world game, but come the fuck on. You know better than this. I know Nintendo's trying to... I don't have a problem. Like, some people are just raging for the fact in general that Nintendo's doing DLC, which every other company does it. I don't have a problem with it. I don't like season passes, but you know what? Actually, no, I kind of have a little bit of a problem with the season pass because a lot of the companies are already stopping with that where Nintendo's finally getting into it. So, once again, they're like three years behind the times. Outside of that, I don't have a problem in general with the idea, but make it worth the people's wild. Like, unlocking a hard mode? Really? Come on now. Let me ask you. So, season passes I'm actually okay with because I'll use a, a, a company that does it all the time that makes it completely worthwhile, like Bethesda. But the difference is... They just say, hey, over the next year and a half, we're going to have, you know, these three or four extra content things that will be coming out eventually. But it sounds to me, and this is where it's different, is that they have, like, that content's instantly available the second you buy it. So it's not, uh, does the season pass include future DLC as well, or just that bundle you just described? I think it's going to include future DLC, I think. Um, it didn't really go too much into the future, and I, part of me kind of thinks Nintendo doesn't really know. Yeah, I'm fine with season passes when there's, like, okay, hey guys, we are in the process of developing. That's more justifiable. I can never justify this fucking hard mode thing, and I can't wrap my head around what would justify it or why it would be okay. Season pass, make it 10 bucks for extra levels. Make it 20 or 30 if you're going to have a whole package of them throughout, you know, throughout the next year throughout the next year but the shit they're pulling and like you just said and i said the the bad taste they've been leaving in people's mouths with the wii u with the way they've handled their games with the continued disappointment to their fans i just i don't know i think that's a it's a shitty move and i really hope it hits them where it hurts with their friggin wallets and you know fans will be smart enough to start giving nintendo backlash for this shit yeah, uh, I mean, I'm not really happy about it, but maybe some of the more hardcore Nintendo defenders will finally come out and say, all right, guys, this is some bullshit here. I doubt it. <laughs> Next topic. Yeah, I tried looking around for any kind of interesting beer story, and there's nothing. I mean, what really can you tell about beer unless someone's shit-talking or something's happening locally? So I tried, people. I tried. But uh, here's a quick little one. Um, I don't know if you got a chance to look at this link, but there's a recently published Sony patent that shows off a device very <laughs> similar to the Twitch. Mm-hmm. You or mean the, the Switch. Switch? The Switch, yes. <laughs> I think the beer's uh, kicking in. Yeah, I definitely saw this, and it's hilarious. <laughs> uh. So basically <laughs> what it is is... Um, maybe the for picture's the YouTube gonna be stream, right here on the stream. for the YouTube. You're gonna have the picture right here. All right, cool. So what it is? It's a big ass screen in the middle with two controllers on the sides. How weird! How convenient! And it's basically Sounds like a completely uh, new idea. I know it's so inventive, and it's a PlayStation controller basically wrapped around a tablet screen. Ha! Now this could have always been one of those. Oh, hey, you know, maybe they're going to try and do their own thing to copy the Switch. But uh, the patent was submitted back in 2015. And it was only just published now. So that's kind of funny, if you think about it. Now, I don't know if Nintendo can look up other people's patents. I mean, probably. I don't know patent law. Oh, yeah. Once Once a patent goes in, you can see anyone submitting for a patent. Ah, weird. And considering how fast the... Project NX slash Switch came about. I wonder. Hmm. So, getting the speculative shit out of the way, there's two options here. Or there's three options. 
Like Jim just alluded to, Nintendo could have seen Sony's patent, said that's a pretty damn good idea, and let's roll with that. Sony could have gotten wind of Nintendo's plans and said, let's get our shit out there really fast. Because um, I assume if it is a little screen, is it going to be like their new Vita or something or something to that effect? No, I mean, it looks um, like an actual like DualShock 4 just with a screen in it. Okay. And the third is it's just a coincidence and the way the industry moves, you have people thinking the same shit. Granted, that is a hell of a coincidence if it's... You know, I did see the picture, and it does look oddly sim similar. But, um, yeah, uh, regardless, we live in an open market. People steal ideas all the time. What people should be more concerned about is which one will end up being better. And I would laugh my ass off, no matter who copied who, if PlayStation just blew the Switch out of the water with this. And people were like, okay, fuck the Switch. Just because of my anger with Nintendo right now. But putting I that aside... Think... Go ahead. Yeah. Now, I was going to say, I think... I don't know if the, I doubt that they would go with the full console route with this, but I think it would be hilarious if they sold this as, like, say... Well, it would have to be more than 100 bucks, but, like, a reasonably priced controller, and it sells out the ass. Like, if this controller yeah. sells more than the Switch does, like, considering the install base that the PS4 already has, that would just be ridiculous. And then you can play it while you poop. Damn it, Jim. But no, I mean, look. yeah, if, if your timelines are correct, uh, you know, who knows when Nintendo... Then again, Nintendo takes their slow-ass time on things and maybe had been developing the Switch for a really long time. But that seems really coincidental and really odd. So I think so, there is some fuckery going on there. Just We just don't know who and otherwise and speculating. We can't say for sure. Um, has Sony made any kind of statements since this was released or was this did they release that patent no nah, i mean to be honest i finally i ran across this randomly on twitter the website with the articles go nintendo.com so i don't know if there's been really any talk of it since then but it's just kind of funny saying like something like that it's probably something some guy just uncovered or they were finally just like sony saw the switch and they're like oh hey look we were kind of blah doing the same thing who knows yeah Maybe they're the just other thing dicks. is, you know, could Sony kind of just done that? Maybe they got wind of this Switch and are just fucking with Nintendo and forced them to do a speedier release date. You know, that's being obviously very conspiracy theory-ish. But right. if Sony actually releases something like that, and it is that coincidental, I'm sure a lot of people will be up in arms. But once again, everyone kind of copies everyone at this point. Like, I think, and I could be wrong, but I thought I was reading when I was referencing this article, you know, PlayStation absolutely took the idea of the Wii sticks and improved upon it, and I th thought, and I could be wrong, I know it didn't sell more than the Wii, but there, no. that's just, but it's definitely outdid the Wii U, not counting the systems, just the actual joysticks themselves. Now, At the least that's PlayStation... what, what the article was referring to. Well, uh, maybe I missed that, or maybe it was a different article. I don't think the PlayStation moves all that well. I think that was pretty much a failure. Hmm. But, uh, yeah, and then that, once again, I could have definitely taken that wrong, so don't, you know, don't bother researching to prove me wrong. I could just be wrong. But, I mean, we mentioned before, you know, Nintendo does come with some pretty innovative ideas. Uh, could this be a case where they took one from somebody else? Absolutely, but... I guess it, it, we'll have to just wait and see what PlayStation actually actually releases and what comes of all this bullshit. Yep. Man, too bad we don't uh, give these episodes titles because we could just call this Let's Bash Nintendo. Jesus Christ. Yeah, I know. I feel bad. I, I, and I do want to make one thing clear. We obviously love more old school Nintendo. We just hate a lot of their newer practices and we're not taking away from the fact that they make good games. They're just a shitty company right now. And yep. I'm not I'm not gonna say anything other than that. Yeah, we can leave it there. Other people have said way more than we need to. Yeah. So I guess on that note we're coming up on fifty minutes and that gives us time for one more topic. So with that being said, here's a little one and this will be more out there for the people with the comments and the collectors out there. But when you're out in the wild and you're looking for games, whether at a thrift store or you know, maybe a little antique shop or a little mom and pop gaming shop that you like a lot. Hell, even if you go to GameStop, fuck it. 
Yeah. There's a plot. <laughs> Alan's Attics in Richborough or Hatborough. Great spot. Damn it, Jim. So, I, I'm sorry I'm drinking 30, 14% alcohol. But, um, yeah, when you're out at spots like this, what do you come across and you see that you're like, ah, I really don't need or even sometimes necessarily <laughs> want to get this, but I Isn't just can't pass it up. Isn't that your whole collection as of recent, Jim? <laughs> Incorrect. Incorrect. I play Fucking and love everything that I have. Games. No, you have not played even 80. You haven't even played 20% of the shit you buy. You just what? You Bullshit. buy in bulk and you're... Putting putting it on for five minutes to test it is not. There is no such thing. There is no such thing as buying in bulk anymore with collecting. That that is long gone. But I've seen some of the titles you picked up. Quality, nothing but quality. All right, maybe zero divide isn't, but quality. But yeah, speaking of zero divide, so for me, honestly, when it comes, if I'm out in the wild and I see a long box PS One game for a Jim, decent price, yeah. Don't ever say out in the wild again. You're going to a goddamn store buying a video game. You're not hunting wild. a goddamn safari. That's not it's the wild. wild. Then what's the not lines. What the hell is the zoo if that's the wild? eBay. Oh my goodness. Move on. <laughs> I fucking win that one. But I yeah, just, so. Uh, add it to the ball <laughs> yeah. tap meter. Go ahead. Ball tap nothing. I won that goddamn argument. But uh, yeah, so outside of directly looking for something on ebay and amazon let me put it that way for you you little snowflake what do you come across do you say i just gotta fucking buy it screw it uh mine's really easy and no shock to anyone any horror games the older they are what i'm finding more and more is the more expensive Uh, i was actually really getting into it um and i spent more than i should have on ebay and things like that but Jim and I both frequent a lot of the same Goodwills and some of the stores we mentioned around us. And there will be some games that's like, ah, I'll just pick up because it's cheerily because it's cheap. But if I happen to see a really, you know, a hard game that I really want to play, I'm willing to spend more than I'm probably comfortable with. But I'm not one of those people that's like, I'm going to spend $100 on an NES title or, you know, some older games. It has to be reasonable, and I'm not so worried about like getting a perfectly boxed condition game, because I just enjoy the actual playing of a game versus the collecting. So anything horror doesn't matter what system. I mean, with the caveat being, of course, it's a system I have. But uh, yeah, that's kind of my my kryptonite. I won't be able to walk by one of those games without being like, okay, maybe I'll pick this up. Yeah, makes sense. And I might have just mentioned it in a drunken ramble a couple minutes ago, but once again, for me, long box PS1 games, if I see them for, especially if I can find them for like five bucks, but that's four. Another one. Um, especially that's five or if, six now. No. But if I can find them for like basically 15 and under, but especially 10 and under, 15 and under, I might have to actually want the game, but 10 and under, I might make an exception. If I see a long box PS1 game with the manual, with the disc in good condition, I really can't pass that up. They're so goofy and unnecessary. I just fucking love them. I, I can't explain it. Now, correct my memory on that. Not ev- like How many games roughly came out in that long box form? I really think it was the earliest part of the PlayStation, the original PlayStation's run, so... Probably like all of 95 or most of 95 and maybe a little bit of 96. Okay. So, I mean, if you so were to talk what are you about talking famous there, games, like a couple hundred games, probably not even that. Maybe, maybe a little over 100, 200 tops, but I really severely doubt it was that many. Hmm. But I mean, like now, the most famous games talking... that came out then, or like Go the original ahead. Resident Evil was a long box, the original Twisted mm-hmm. Metal was a long box. Um, looking at my collection like and a lot of ports of games from the arcade and crossover with that generation before with the 16-bit so like you can find versions of say mortal kombat 3 or wrestlemania the arcade game shit like that like they'll be on a long long box ps1 cartridge and game they'll be you know the closest thing to arcade perfect you'll find but those really really early titles will be like that well, let me ask you, because I have a, a couple of them right here. Um, right. The best example and the one that actually has never 
It's been open once. Still has the manual everything. So obviously I have Tekken like that. Right. Um, but like I then I have long box, but they're in jewel cases. Like the Tekken is more of a I don't even know what you would call it, like more of a cardboard style box. And then there's like jewel case style, like the regular C D style. Yeah, I'm counting box. Yeah, I'm counting all of them with that. The uh, the okay. cardboard boxes, the somewhat there's some that are kind of clamshelly, so not exactly like the Genesis, but like long box, but like a snap-on plastic shell, and then the straight mm -hmm. up big Sega Saturn like jewel cases. So anything within that family of long box for the PlayStation One before it went to straight up normal CD jewel cases is what I like to say. And is it? Are you a collecting? So obviously you're willing to get any of them, as you said, depending on the condition. Depending but on are the you price doing and that, condition. Are you doing that in hopes of actually getting the complete collection of that, or like, because if you're not doing it for the actual game itself, is there a is there a goal to actually get all of them? Actually, I mean, I don't know if it's a goal to get all of them, but well, depending on the price. Like if I see. Ah, fuck, what's one that I would never really go out of my way to play? Um, shit, you know what I'm having? Okay, let's put it this way. Like, I've seen, like, PGA Tour Golf 96. I've seen that in long box form a couple times, and I've passed it up every time. But, like, like you, I have the original Tekken. Like, if I could find the original uh, Twisted Metal in a long box, I have it loose. But if I could find it in a long box, I'd buy it in a second. I think if it's games I've had an interest in, but I would love to just have that way. Because I already own WrestleMania the Arcade game, for example. I could buy that right now, long box, but I'm not going to spend 20 bucks on it when I have it for the Sega Genesis. Same goes with Mortal Kombat 3, even though that's probably the most arcade-perfect port that you're going to find. But once again, like the price... Maybe if it's a game I didn't have before, and I can find it in a good quality long box for the weird nostalgia slash intrigue of it but with also having you know something that goofy to have in my collection then i'll definitely go for that i guess huh. or for something i can torture you with later in the future like lemmings 3d eh? well, you, you just try it then that case might end up broken <laughs> look right i'm not gonna say anything but you know you know God willing, I'll be around, you know, next March, and maybe a game will find its way in there. We'll see. We shall see. So then I think uh, we'll close with what we always do. Let's talk about the beers we drank. Since I got two, I'll go over them first. Uh, the first one, Fresh as Hells. This shit was really, really good. I wasn't expecting it to be this good. It went down really smooth. Uh, that orange was very light. It's not as strong as, like, a, say, a Blue Moon, but it, it just it hit the notes just right, and I'm actually looking forward to this being a really good, like, spring beer. The Hopscape, um, if you're not a fan of IPAs, but you do want to start getting into hops a little more, this is a good intro because it is a weed ale. Once again, it goes a little smooth. You got that pininess of the hops that doesn't overpower you, but it still has just enough bitterness where if you're not acclimated to it, you might not be the biggest fan. And if you're a Sam Adams drinker, this is going to be a big deviation for you. So definitely do like I did. Get the variety pack. Just get like a 12-pack. Try a few of them and decide for yourself if you like them. All right, fair enough. And for me, for this um, Bourbon County brand barley wine ale, uh, basically if you've ever had one of these bourbon ales and or even a wine ale you're gonna have a lot of the same experiences you've had before but it does blend together well and i'll be honest with you you'll see it in the video here the first couple sips i took holy shit it just hit me in the face like a ton of bricks it was a shitload of flavor but a shitload of the effervescence that just goes through every pore and nostril and basically all the holes in your head they all felt it at once but as you drink it more and because of the high alcohol it does get smoother you get that whiny kind of aftertaste that you get with a lot of these, you know, barley wine ales. And you get the thick malt feel that you get from the bourbon barrel aging. I'm not going to say it has like a smoky feel, but it's definitely got a thick mouthfeel while being decently drinkable. Like I never had a tough time taking sips. It was definitely, I enjoyed the shit out of it. I don't know how much it costs. I don't know where it came from. I found it in my fridge, but I am happy it was there. 
Wasn't that the one Chris got for us? Did Maul get that for us? Maybe it was. Because I, I think I have one of those as well. Okay, maybe it was something that our buddy Chris got for us. Because I know uh, your yeah. ass ain't buying that. <laughs> oh, the fuck? No, I ain't. And I, they're I, expensive. Gone... I can tell you they're probably at least $15 a bottle. Oh, probably. Oh, I could have gotten a case of Keystone for that. God damn it, Jim. But yeah, but talking about the whole experience, it's a very dark-looking ale. Um, Translucent-ish at the top, but damn it. <laughs> Man, you, you've been on you've, you've been in a mood tonight. I'll give you that, you son of a bitch. <laughs> Almost no head. The little head that there was dissipated very quickly. There's basically no lacing on the glass. Like, it just slides off. And, yeah, not really that carbonated. Just an all-around very solid, very expensive beer. But if you're a beer snob, I would definitely say this is one to check out. Even though Goose Island is on that verge of, you know, mainstream craft, if you want to call it that. Yep. And as always, guys, make sure submit your questions or anything you want us to talk about. Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook. The millions of different ways you can get to us. The, no one sent us any, but if you want to send us email, all the information's below. We always love getting back to you guys. And as always, guys, cheers. Cheers. Cheers.